episode 57 of Books Cube, the show where I chat with the authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, March 19th, 2020, and I hope that wherever you are in the world that you are safe and happy and with friends and family, and um, we're just going to have to ride this thing out and hope that uh, everything starts calming down soon, um, but it could be a while because uh, the United States has just hit us, it's just starting to hit us, and it's nowhere near what it's going to be um, after looking at Italy and uh, China. So um, stay safe, stay inside, watch a lot of um, shows that you've been meaning to watch and read a lot of books. And speaking of books, I have a great uh, interview with um, UK author Janine Witcherly. And we are talking about um, uh, wonky witches and uh, spellbound hounds today. So. Let's get right to the show, and uh, I will see you after. Okay, I want to welcome Jeannie Witcherly today. And hi. We are, hi. <laughs> we are, I'm going to go, I'm going to read first her bio. And I love that her bio is written in first person. Uh, okay, this is her bio. What's the thing I love to do most in the world? Write. I'm particularly drawn to dark fantasy and horror, but I'm happy to genre hop and have written erotica, love stories, and dystopian fiction too. Wow, that's a, that's a good variety. <laughs> that was me adding, not her bio. Um, now back to her bio. My inspiration comes from everywhere. A word here, a look there, but mainly for me, it's the landscape. I'm fortunate to live in a glorious part of Devon, UK, where I have it all. Rocky coast, pebbles and sandy beaches, winding lanes and picture-perfect cottages, cliffs and forest. A good day for, means, for me means a blustery wind, racing waves, and salty rain. I live here with my husband and three dogs, make a lot of soup, and play too much RuneScape. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's quite idyllic. I mean, it's not quite like that all the time, but yeah, that's pretty much how I want to live my life. So, Ah, oh, nice, nice. Okay, so... We, we, this is during uh, the height of this coronavirus stuff that's going on. So I got to ask, is your country hoarding toilet paper like Americans are? <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. I've been to the supermarket this morning. I just needed some paracetamol because I've got a trapped nerve in my back. And it was, it was fairly hideous out there. Um, the aisles are empty of, of, uh, pasta and tinned goods and toilet roll, kitchen roll, that sort of thing. And you just wonder why anybody needs that much stuff. It, but it's also very scary. Until I'd seen that this morning, I hadn't realised what a bind the UK was in. And now I feel quite scared, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I live in the uh, east coast of Florida, and so we are hurricane. I mean, that's what we have, you know, hurricanes all the time. Well, not all the time, but during, you know, hurricane season. And that's what the supermarkets look like right now. It looks like mm -hmm. it's the, it's like a category four is offshore kind of thing. And it was so strange. And I, we, <laughs> we went to get just regular weekly groceries, and I just wanted a four pack of toilet paper. Yeah. I had to buy 12 and they're the um, rolls that don't fit on the little thingy. So I had to buy a stand <laughs> to hold the damn things. So it's just, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah, so I told my neighbors, if you need toilet paper, just knock on my door. <laughs> yeah. Please I, pop by. That's yeah. Right. Because it's, it's in my, um, it's in my laundry room because I have this teeny tiny house 
I think this this my office is like the biggest room in the house, and uh, <laughs> there's four of us living here, and it's 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 really small. I can't buy things in bulk. No, you know, it's crazy. It's the same so. with us. I mean, a lot of houses in the UK are very small as well, so I have no idea where people are putting things. We don't have a shed. We don't even have any cupboards, really. Just madness. Trunks of cars. <laughs> Now, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. I could Uh-oh. do that. People, don't go out and buy more stuff and put it in the trunk here. No, no. Okay, so we're going to talk about books. Yes. <laughs> we could talk about crazy. Much more books. interesting topic. <laughs> much more interesting. So I found your book, Ain't Nothing But a Pound Dog, which I absolutely loved. And I listened to the audiobook and I loved the audio lady. But I'm going to buy the ebooks because I tend to read at night before I go to bed. And yeah. since I won't be driving anywhere or, or for a while, um, I, I, I'm going to be doing more reading. So I thought, well, I, like, I prefer to read uh, if I'm going to be home. But uh, my friend Terry loved it. She, um, she uh, just listened to um, Ain't Nothing But a Pound Dog. And she kept texting me, is Toby going to be all right? <laughs> I'm so worried about Toby. <laughs> And of I course said, he'll be all right i said yes there's more challenges but he's fine <laughs> yes he'll be fine he'll be fine that and i saw that you in addition to so this is so tell everybody a little bit about uh the toby series to start with okay um i don't know where the idea came from it's i absolutely love dogs i i only have two of my own now but um they are my life in so many ways and so i wanted to combine the way I, I kind of humanize my my dogs with the sort of thing I love writing, which was the witchy series. So that's when I came up with the idea of having uh, a magical dog. And I hadn't read a lot in the cozy animal um, genre, I must admit. So I didn't know I might be doing it wrong. And I think I might be doing it wrong, but that's okay. Um, And so I based Toby loosely on a rescue dog that I had about 13 years ago. And he was a scruffy hound that I found in a pound. And he was quite old by the time I found him. He was about nine years old. Um, But he was such a mischievous, fun, loving chap, you know. And I thought, well, I'll put him into a couple of situations and we'll see where we go with it. And quite quickly, uh, ain't nothing but a pound dog kind of formed in my head. And so it's about a poor dog that loses his owner when somebody um, kills old Joe. And Toby is sent to the pound and he's on a limited life license, I suppose. He's got six months to find a home. And when he doesn't find one, he escapes. And that's when he tries to solve the problem of who killed old Joe. And then quite quickly we meet Clarissa who becomes his new human and she is old Joe's granddaughter. And they work together and they they build up this loving relationship. And I quite like that idea. Clarissa is a witch who has absolutely no idea how to look after dogs really. She's based on a journalist that I knew locally uh, who was called Clarissa and the first book is dedicated to her. and, you know, I just wanted something that was quite fun, but was a, a murder mystery at the same time. And then I found that I couldn't put it all into one book, so it had to be a trilogy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You're shaking. Is the, the computer screen's shaking just a little. 
Okay. Okay. Yes. For anybody watching a video, I don't want them to get seasick. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I, uh, the first one ends with a, not really a cliffhanger, but kind of a cliffhanger, but enough I felt was told and enough was closed that I was okay with that. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. ready to dive into the next one. Uh, now I know some people don't like when you leave things hanging. So did no. they, were you worried at all about, about having a cliffhanger and losing anybody? Yes, of course. Always. Um, I learned a lesson with the other series that I have, the Wonky Inn series, where uh, when I wrapped up book four, I didn't wrap it up properly. I did leave a massive cliffhanger in that one. And I kind of felt if people were invested in the characters, they wouldn't mind so much. And the other one was on pre-order, you know, with only four weeks between the two. Um, but I still came into some criticism for that. And so I was aware that cliffhangers are not a good thing to do. So within and of itself, Ain't Nothing But A Pound Dog is a fairly whole story, but it works better as a trilogy. Yeah, and I, and I like that it sets up, I like the conclusion it came to, and I like how it's set up for the next ones. And mm. I felt that if, if, um, if, if the person was like the characters, if they're invested in the characters and I really love Toby. So of course I'm going to read on to find out what happens to him. So I think that, yeah. I don't think you'll lose, you know, your, your main, your main target. You, you might lose people no. who weren't really interested in, in going on to the next thing. Now the other ones, and I love the covers, all the covers too. And then the witchy covers, um, what's the name of the witch series? Wonky in. Wonky. That's right. That's great. And the covers are gorgeous. And I saw that you just had a number one for one of your books, a number one release. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. I've had a big promotion on The Wonkiest Witch. And it's been wonderful because all of a sudden I've got new readers, specifically in America and Canada, that I'd never had before. And it's just an absolute thrill. So people have been able to pick up The Wonkiest Witch for free but they're also reading through. And so the others in the series are also doing well. And I'm just like, oh, I'm made up. People are reading me. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, as a writer, you love it when, when, when readers discover your books. And especially yes. after they've read the first in a series, if they read the second, it's like, oh, it's like Sally Field when she got her Oscar. You really like me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly that. So, yeah, I know it. every day is bringing something you know, wonderful about one of my books. So I'm just absolutely made up with that. You know, and it's, it's really it's exciting about the whole witch. I was really excited also about the witch series because I just found out uh, in my, in my, um, my dad had told me that um, we related to one of the Salem witches and mm. I forget which one it is. It's written down somewhere, mm. but I thought my first thought was, Oh, I need to write something about witches and I need to go to Salem to really get yes. in, immersed in all the culture. So when you are looking at your series and things, is there any uh, pilgrimage that you feel that you have to take in order to really wrap your head around your, your subject matter? Ooh, that's a very interesting question. Um, I think all women have a bit of witch in them, to be honest, in the sense that, we're all green witches, kitchen witches, natural witches, that we 
heal ourselves and each other and we look after our children we care for our parents and we do all those things instinctively with skills that are handed down to us generation through generation and i think there is something magical in that and so I think if you tap into that and you become aware of the environment that you're within, and for me here in East Devon, I'm looking over here because I can look out of my window at the valley across the way. Um, it's so beautifully green, but also there's a lot of forest here. And when I'm walking in the forest, I feel that deep within me. And so the essence of Wonky Inn, the essence of the main character there, who's called Alf Hild, Alf, is how much she feels the nature within herself. With most of the witches in all my stories, right across, because I write horror and dark fantasy as well, all of those witches have, have something essential inside them. And that's the important thing, harnessing your power, your power as a woman or your power as a human, um, and, and spreading mostly spreading the love most of my witches are very loving compassionate people uh, not really very evil so so i think that's a really interesting question i think i just i try and channel um nature really through me through myself and try and get that into my work but having said that i don't live too far away from glastonbury i don't know if you guys know glastonbury but it is i've heard it yeah uh, Wiccan center uh, you know it's it's a place where the magic is instilled in the UK I think you know people talk about um, the legend of King Arthur and everything being quite quite uh, local to that area so here in the West Country we are we are among the pixies and 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 all that sort of thing I think nice yeah. so it's right there in sure. your backyard which is fantastic Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, when you were a kid, I mean, have you always had the, the, the feel of nature and witches and that kind of thing? Did you have books that inspired you as a kid? Oh, do you know, I used to play at being a witch with my brother uh, and used to try and terrify him, to be quite honest. And he's now uh, a murder detective, so he, he's not scared of anything, thank goodness. Wow, but, so maybe you prepped him then for this, for what he did yeah, later in life. I think I helped him along, <laughs> definitely. He's a success because of me. Um, and I, I've, I mean, I, I was an absolute, you know, I used to read everything I could get my hands on when I was a kid. So I've read, read everything. I love everything. Um, I think I've always been, I've always had that love of um, nature and the world instilled inside of me because that's the way my parents are. But I, I didn't really think about, and then I studied history. That was the other thing. I studied history and became very aware of the generational aspects of, because um, my PhD looked at education within family and how skills are handed down to through through the generations you see and that's what kind of got me into this idea that we are so much more than just learning how to make cakes or or whatever skills are handed down that there are other things that are handed down between mother and daughter and granddaughters and so on you know these these beliefs these things that we do for each other the habits we have as you know 
generations, these habits that come down. And I think that's when I started to really think about the essence of who I am and and how I how I work with the environment. It's a bit of a convoluted answer, but uh, it yes, all these things form us, don't they, from an early age, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that um, I know in the United States we don't we spread out a lot. And mm. you don't have those generations living in the same house or on the same block. Mm. And I think that we really miss out on all the things that, that, I mean, you look back at like that TV show, The Waltons. No, they all lived in the same house. And the grandparent, grandparents are there to help the parents understand how to raise children. And they're there for guidance and to help them. And we just, you know, we just don't have that nowadays. And no, I think that, that's, I especially here, you might over in the UK, but here, everybody is so spread out and everybody is why well, I, I, you know, I don't need your help and I'm going to do it on my own. And you don't really know anything, even though you raised, you know, two children and I have this new baby and I know more than you, <laughs> you kind of get that, yeah. that from, I think these, these kids are missing out mm. and families are missing out by not having that structure and the, the, the family unit to build on really. I, I think there's, there's a lot missing from that. And I think the internet, has kind of pulled us farther apart than it's really helped us. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. And I mean, I think you're right. I think maybe we're a bit better off in the UK just because the distances aren't so vast, but, um, my mum and dad are still an hour away and, you know, at a time like now, when I really want to see them, I, I can't, um, the government is kind of banning that sort of travel and contact with, with our elders. Um, but also I come from a military family and so as a youngster, I didn't see my grandparents and extended family that much, but when I did see them, it was very intense. And I think that makes a difference, you know, yeah. because we'd be abroad and then we'd come home and we'd be home for a couple of weeks and it would be all like nanny, 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 you know, so, so, um, and I was very close to my maternal grandmother, especially, um, so yeah. Now you've got a zillion books. How many books do you have out? I was going to scroll and count them, but I, I gave up. Um, I don't know. I think there's uh, eight in the Wonky Inn series. I'm writing the ninth at the moment, plus two Christmas specials on that one. Three in Spellbound Hound. And then I've got a couple of standalones, horrors, um, and uh, nonfiction. And have you... So you've got so you've got quite a few. So if people want to start in with the Wonky series and they have a lot to read. Will there be any more than just the three in the Toby series? Yes. Um, I was in Sri Lanka in January and I'd already wrapped up the third one and the trilogy was just going to be the trilogy. And then I saw some street dogs, one street dog in particular, and it broke my heart, absolutely broke my heart. So... I'm writing the fourth, which will be called Master of Puppies, and because I'm a Metallica fan, <laughs> so it's based on the Master of Puppets song, um, and that one will be, I'm going to use that one, the money that I get for that one, I'm going to use to give to charities, so oh, Sri Lankan nice. dogs initially, but then I'll, I'll choose a different charity every month. Yeah, oh nice. And then, you know, if, if 
if they go on to be received quite well, then there is scope for some more Spellbound Hound, definitely. Oh yeah, I hope so, hope so. So you, have you been, have, do you work full-time as a writer now or has it been? No, no my husband and I, I have a little uh, seaside gift shop. Um, it doesn't make mega bucks, <laughs> but it's open uh, seven days a week and we split our time. So he does four days and I do three. And on the four days that I'm home, I write. So I write about eight hours a day. And so it's almost full-time writing. It's like yeah. part-time work and full-time writing. So um, it's quite full-on. <laughs> and then I spend my evenings doing a bit of marketing or, you know, doing my Amazon ads or whatever I need to do, newsletters and things. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm constantly obsessing about my books and writing and plots and covers and you know it's always in my head. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know, that's the thing that that if if you're not a writer, you don't quite understand that in writers' heads, the story is continually going. It's yes. always there. There's always something. I mean, my husband and I will be out walking, and all of a sudden I'll say, "Hang on." And I'll stop to, so I can make notes about whatever I'm currently working with. I mean, I had to, I was in a Walmart once and I had to run into the restroom to use paper towels, uh, pre-cell phone days, to use paper towels to write on. Because well, this is it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I carry my notebook everywhere and I, I am constantly jotting down funny names and things, you know, that I think, oh, that's a great name. I want to use that name or um, place names. Yes. And, uh, while we're on holiday, I've got a dodgy knee, my husband's got a dodgy hip, and we were struggling to get up some hotel stairs, and my husband said, oh, that's what you could call your next novel, wonky hips and false teeth. Yes, <laughs> I like that. And I haven't called it that, but it is, that's where the idea came from. Wonky hips and false teeth is basically the subtitle of Wonky Nine, which is about it's called a gaggle of grandmamas. Um, <laughs> it's it's based on the older generation, yeah. But yeah, it's like anything. Anything can inspire you, and you're like, oh, I must write that down. <laughs> truly, truly, uh, people have to understand that if you are friends with a writer or around a writer, you will end up in one of their books eventually. And if you're not <laughs> nice to them, you will end up dead in one of their books. Well, a true story is that. Um, the first short story that I had published, accepted for pub publication, I, I murdered my manager in it. <gasps> I was so furious with him that I thought, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I had, there were a million ways I could think of to kill him. So I did. So he's just fortunate I did it on paper, I think. <laughs> did he ever find out? I have no idea and I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, so you write, you write eight hours. I, I did that for a while, but it was just too emotionally exhausting. So now I try mm. to only write a couple hours a day. And this last mm. like three weeks, I haven't written a word. And mm. if my editor's listening, I'm so sorry, Lisa, I am going to get back to writing because I've got a book I'm trying to finish. I've got one chapter left. Oh, so, no. um, oh I know. I've got one chapter left. <laughs> And uh, so does, do those eight-hour days, do they absolutely exhaust you or do they energize you? A bit of both. Um, 
I mean, I, I was made redundant in 2012, which is when I started to write. And the first couple of years, the writing that I did, you know, it was rubbish, basically. It was rubbish. I look back at it now and I think, eesh. So I would say that I've only been producing decent stuff since about 2016. So I'm relatively new to the scene, really. Um, and over the years, I've done so many jobs. I mean, I left school and I trained as a stage manager. I worked in theatre for a while. Then I couldn't get much work in London theatres. So I um, did odd jobs like I uh, worked in libraries. I was a fish and chip shop assistant. You know, I've done it all, waitressing, the works. And I went back to university slightly later. And then I taught for 16 years. So I've, I've been around the block with jobs and tried so many different things. And it wasn't until I started to write properly that I realized I'd found my home, that this is where I belong, that this is what I wanted to be doing. So I think, yes, it is exhausting, but I've never felt happier. And therefore, you know, it's, it's what I want to be doing. And it's a decent sort of exhaustion, isn't it? It's not... Yes. Oh, a daily grind. It's like, well, you know, I've, I've only managed to do, say, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 words today, but I really feel like I've achieved something. And, you know, I'm really happy with my characters or, oh, my God, my characters are driving me nuts, you know, or whatever. But it's it's wonderful. I, I love I love what I do now. And um yeah, so it is a bit of both, a bit of energy and a bit of, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you know, that's great because it, it, it's actually a job then that you love and you, you don't dread sitting down to it. And mm. at the end of the day, if you are exhausted or whatever, then you go out for a walk and then come back. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, it's lovely spending time with my dogs, you know, while, while I was working full time and you never get to see them, you just think, well, what's the point of having them, really? So now... You know, I feel like they have a better home life, different set of dogs now. But yeah, that's nice. It and is. making decent dinners and things, you know. I always say I like to cook cauldron meals. So I tend to go down at lunchtime and chop a load of vegetables and put something in a pot. And then I'll go down and switch it on at half four or whatever. And then my husband comes home in the shop. We've got something decent. I like that. It's fun. <laughs> it is nice. It is nice. Yeah. Oh, I'm hearing a bit of an echo. Hopefully it's just in my end. Okay. Um, tell people where they can find you. Right. Well, I am presently updating my website. So that's geniewitchley.co.uk. Um, but mostly you'll find all my books on Amazon. It's just getting the spelling of my surname right, <laughs> which is yes. always a bit of a challenge. Yes. And that's, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're listening on the podcast it is w y c h e r l e y but you could just type in wonky witch or spellbound hound and her books will pop up because i check to make sure and they do ah brilliant <laughs> yes and and i have links in the show notes for all of her books and you have a newsletter i do um you can sign up to it at my website geniewitchley.uk and i'll have that in the show notes and um 
it's just like it sounds. It's spelled just like it sounds, people. And uh, she's also on Twitter as at, at the Cushion Lady. Yes, e that comes from my love of cushions. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, T H E C U S H I O N Lady. And yep. then also on, on Facebook. On Facebook is Jeannie Witchley. Yeah. Okay. And so we'll have links to all those in the show notes. And uh, thanks a lot for coming on today. And when you have the next uh, book out, I think you just had one out, right? Because it just hit number one. Yes. Um, we've just had Bark Side of the Moon out. Um, we've got more audio coming for uh book two of spellbound hound book three of Spe uh, spellbound hound and there's also audio for the wonky books the first three are currently out and there's another two of those in the pipeline so there's audio if people prefer that oh yes and some of my listeners do prefer audio so you heard it there are in ebook in paperback and in audio so i'll have the links in the show notes and thank you so much for coming on today and, and when your next uh toby one is coming out and uh, the one that you'll be donating uh, proceeds to uh, come back on and talk about it again and we'll uh, give a couple copies away okay brilliant thank you for hosting me okay thanks a lot i'll talk to you later Cheers. thank you bye thanks Jeannie. you can find her books uh in the show notes there'll be links and i highly recommend the uh spellbound hound books if you like uh, paranormal animals and I have not started the Wonky Witch books yet, but they, they're all highly ranked. She just had a number one uh, release on her latest book, so they must be wonderful. So I'm going to get into those soon. And um, if you have any recommendations for me, since I'm sitting around the house a lot now, uh, please drop down to the show notes and uh, give me recommendations. Even if it's your book, if you're an author, let me know what I should be reading. It's okay to recommend yourself. Um, for everybody around the world, uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, stay, um, try not to, try not to um, feel too uh, trapped. Um, you know, books are a great way to escape uh, for a little while. And uh, I think it's now that we have lots of time, maybe you can catch up on all those books that you have been meaning to read. Um, read with your kids, have them read to you. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a while, I think, until we're out of this. Um, it's just crazy. It's crazy. So stay healthy, stay happy. If you are somewhere in the world and uh, you would like to tell me about how things are going for you or um, just what you're doing to pass the time, and because we could all use suggestions, um, go ahead and, like I said, drop down to the show notes. If you are on the podcast, uh, well, you're not going to be in the car probably listening, but... Um, drop down to the show notes, you click on that link, it'll take you to a site that I will see the, the comments. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. And um, that's it for this week. I will see you next week with another great show. In the meantime, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.